Welcome to Between the Lines, and we're midweek here in the first day of March. Yeah, I've kind of marked this a holiday in my own home. We try to do something <laughs> fun, just say, we made it through winter. Even though it's still winter until the 20th. It's just, we start early. Well, you know, <laughs> your mom always says that uh, March is her least favorite month because she just feels like winter drags on through the month, and it's slushy. And But, you know, I, I do, what I like about March is there are those glimpses of spring. You got yeah. some of those days that get up to 70. Plus, yeah, that's true. And you also have some very significant birthdays this month. Yes. Mine and yours. That's right. This is a big month. <laughs> <laughs> and so don't forget about those uh, birthday cards with money and <laughs> gifts. And, uh, that's right. <laughs> All, right, All right. So well, we're going to get right into chapter 15. We're in, uh, in Mark chapter 15. So do you want to get started with this? Yep. Let's do it. This is... Very early in the morning, the leading priests, the elders, and the teachers of religious law, the entire high council met to discuss their next step. They bound Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, you have said it. You know, I actually remember when I was in high school, there was a historical fiction that I read for high school that was called Pilot. Yeah, it was a, I read it last year. Oh, that's right. I had told you about yeah. it, and it was a fascinating book. But at that time, there was still no proof that Pontius Pilate ever existed. We didn't yeah. have any record of him. Right. But since then, we have recovered, and there's a number of places where his name has been inscribed. In fact, they've found his throne where the name Pontius Pilate oh, is located in Caesarea. Uh, and when we were in Caesarea Maritime, they have a... Um, there's a replica of it there. I don't know where the original is, but they have one that looks exactly like the original. They oh, found you're the saying replica. the stone. I didn't know that was on a throne. That was, well, it was, a, it was like a stone in, in his throne room or something oh, like that. Okay, yeah. Cool. Huh. yeah. I knew about the copper ring they found with his name on it. That, that, was that came since then. Yeah. yeah, that came since then. Yeah. So Pilate was, a, I mean, hey, listen, time and time again, we find ourselves that the details you find in scripture, you can't prove everything in scripture, but those things that can be, uh, that, that we can look into have been proven time and again that this, yeah. this is accurate. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many crimes and Pilate asked him, aren't you gonna answer them? What about all these charges are ringing against you? And Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Well, because every, every other prisoner was, they're falling on their face begging for mercy. Yeah. Now or, the, or defending himself, saying that they didn't do it or et cetera. Now it's the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you the king of the Jews? Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. Now, you did, in fact, a... a, a quite a lengthy reading. I think you wrote it about Barabbas at, at one point. Uh, yeah, it was actually, no, I, I found it. it was a monologue. Okay, But it was, yeah. it was fantastic. You, you have uh, Barabbas, you know, this thug versus Jesus. It was perfect and Barabbas gets free and Barabbas represents us. And it, it shows you the absolute hatred that those who wanted Jesus dead, what they had for Jesus, that they're willing to let this guy go. But yeah, what you just said, I, I love that part that, whenever we hear a story, we always put ourselves in that story, but I don't think many of us see ourselves in this story as being Barabbas, mm -hmm. but that's exactly who we are, that we are set free and Jesus was condemned. He took our place. Yeah. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. Why? Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? 
but the mob roared even louder, crucify him. So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip then turned Mm. him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Oh, that lead-tipped whip, uh, this is what is referred to as the cat of nine tails, which actually had strands of leather that was just just leather whips. Then they had had, uh, bits of lead within that were embedded in the leather. And that was there to cause bruising. But then there were also pieces of pottery and other pieces of that. That's why it's called the cat of nine tails. They had nine strands of leather. And some of those strands had pieces of potsherd, which was designed to cut open the skin. I mean, this was a inhumane kind of a flogging that they did to Jesus. And if you watched the movie, The Passion of Christ, which is, I don't know, 15 years ago, so 20 yeah. year, twenty years ago now, but it's so realistic in how it portrays that flogging. It was a horrible experience that they put, yeah. that he was putting Jesus through. Well, and a lot of times, you know, when you, when they, the depictions of Jesus, he's not all that bloody, but when, when you have Josephus writing about the floggings, I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't, rare for ribs to fly off during flogging. And so for Jesus would have been bloodied from head to toe, unrecognizable. Barely looked human, would have been more like hamburger. Yeah. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters called the Praetorium and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they saluted him and taunted him, hail king of the Jews. And they struck him on the head with a reed stick, spit on him and dropped to their knees in mock worship. I mean, every piece of this just, to me, it just screams the love of God for you. The love that Jesus had to go through this for you, the love that God the Father has for you to allow for his son to go through this, even the crown of thorns. When you think about the the pain, I mean, I I can barely, barely hit my head on something because, you know, when you think about your forehead and the top of your head and the thin skin, but the nerves are right there that sometimes you you barely hit your head and the pain that you feel and you think about this crown of thorns being pounded down into his head and the blood that was streaming then down his face and in his hair. All of this, the beating and the whipping and the spitting in his face and the the hurt of having his friends. I mean, he's there alone now with everybody screaming in his face and laughing at him and mocking him because he loves you that much. You want to pick it up in verse 20? When they finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again, and then they led him away to be crucified. I even think of the act of the of taking that robe off of his body where the scabs had just begun to form, ripping that robe off again and freshening those wounds. And then a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the country. Just then they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon is the father of Alexander Rufus. I mean, the, the details here is amazing that Mark includes all of these details. Again, it shows us that this is history. All of this happened just as it says it happened. And they brought Jesus to a place called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. And they offered him wine drugged with myrrh, but he refused it. We're going to finish this tomorrow when we get to the crucifixion of Jesus. But again, just in in closing this part of Mark before we go to Proverbs, the reminder here, which we have to be overwhelmed with, the love that God has for you. I mean, it's huge. Mm -hmm. Live that way today. Live today in light of the love that God has for you. Yeah, the words we just read should drive us in everything that we do. 
and make sure it drives you today. Mm. Proverbs chapter one is the proverb for today. And we wanna point out verse four. This is- These proverbs will make the simple-minded clever. They will give knowledge and purpose to young people. I, we, we picked this out because we wanna give you hope. Some of you listening right now, you know you've, you've done some foolish things. And that's, you know, Proverbs is so good because it gives us wisdom. But he, here he's saying, it, it, there's a wonderful hope that he's giving that no matter who you've been in the past and and maybe you just, you could kick yourself because of dumb stuff, poor choices. He's saying here that he's given us these Proverbs because you can get better. You, yeah. you can grow in wisdom. You can start making good choices, but you have to want it badly enough to really work at it, to read Proverbs, to apply it in your life, to get advice, to pour yourself into gaining all the wisdom you can to make good choices in the future. Yeah, the foolishness of your past was taken to the cross, which is what we just read about. And today is a new day. Live in that wisdom that Jesus died for you to live in. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to being with you tomorrow.